the house in East Red Hook, a village a few miles outside the town of Red Hook proper, was a flight of Queen Anne fancy, with a witch hat turret, obsessive gingerbread, multi-hued brickwork and tile, and a secret room hidden behind a bookcase. It was built in 1879 by a gentleman named Elias Hewins to the precise specifications of his much younger bride. Elias had purchased the acres of rolling oceanfront meadow for a song from a farmer who'd finally given up on coaxing anything edible from the obdurate main soil. Elias had sighted his new house to make the most of its view across East Red Hook's small cove, out to the tiny islands scattered along the Egamogan Reach like crumbs on a wide blue tablecloth. Elias's son Nathaniel was born, lived, and died in the house, then passed it on to his six adult children, all of whom had long since abandoned the main coast. Only Nathaniel's youngest child, his only daughter, possessed the resources and the inclination to return to East Red Hook from New York City, where her husband had moved her. She transformed the house where she was born into her summer home, and for decades thereafter she and her daughter Alice passed their summers in the village, with Alice's father visiting as often as his business interests would allow. In the summer of 1940, when Alice was twenty-six years old, already in the eyes of her parents an old maid, she met a young violinist, a Jewish refugee from Prague, whose exile had landed him in, of all places, Red Hook, where he was performing with the town's renowned summer chamber music program at the Usherman Center. After a brief courtship, Alice married Emil Kimmelbrod, and the couple bought their own summer house down the road in Red Hook. Their high-spirited little daughter, Iris, spent the better part of every summer at her grandmother's, where she was free to run and play without concern for the silence demanded by her father's rigorous practice schedule. If they thought of it at all, Iris and her parents assumed that Iris's grandmother had either bought out her siblings, the five sons of Nathaniel Hewins, or had inherited their shares in the house as in turn they died. But upon the old woman's death, it was revealed that no such formal transfers of ownership had ever taken place. Iris's grandmother left her not the ramshackle old summer house, but rather only the one-sixth share that was hers to bequeath. It took Iris nearly seven years to track down every last one of the twenty-nine heirs, some of whom had no idea that their origins lay in a harborside village of white-clabbered, blueberry bogs and lobster boats on the down-east coast of Maine. Most of the heirs were willing to sign away their claim to the rotting and sagging old house in return for their small fraction of its fair market value. But one cantankerous second cousin twice removed— a Texan, refused to sign a quitclaim until Iris offered him significantly more than the $443 that was his share. Over the objections of her husband, Daniel, who, while he enjoyed Maine well enough, felt no ties to the land or the house that would justify such an expense, Iris wrote her distant cousin a check for $3,000.